Next on BYU Sports Nation, Jibbermania lives. After 73 points Sunday, should James Taft get another shot in the association? The amount of basketball knowledge in Studio B increases tenfold as Terry Nashif and Jeff Judkins stop by to talk men's and women's hoops. Plus, NIT bracketologist John Templin on the Cougars' potential matchup in the NIT with Utah. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. It's time for sports, people. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Wednesday, February 22nd. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Han Solo stunt double Jason Shepard. I did shoot first. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they address that in the movie. They have to address it in the upcoming Han Solo Like he always shoots first, so it's obvious that later. Yes. Yeah. So if you don't know. Did anybody really care that he shot Greedo? Come on. No. The guy was going to take him to Jabba. Yeah, exactly. That happens in episode... Sorry, spoiler alert. For those who haven't seen the movie from 1977. Some 10-year-old hasn't seen it yet. What? I didn't know, man. (laughs) There's going to be a Han Solo uh, prequel movie in the Star Wars, you know, anthology. Yeah, they released their first on-set pick yesterday with the crew. And when you're a nerd like the two of us, uh, that's a fun, big deal. So that's awesome. The, The dude's... Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. They did the Lego movie. Yeah. They're doing this movie. Yeah. So I'm very excited. <laughs> so you, you get blessed with the Lego movie, and then, oh, after that, let's just give you one of the best characters ever in Han Solo to make a movie with. Seriously. Despite the fact that Woody Harrelson is going to be in it. It just bugs me that Woody Harrelson yeah. is in this movie. Topic for another day. we got a whole summer full of that. And then we'll discuss one day what was better, the Han Solo Lego movie <laughs> Lego movie or Lego Batman or Lego Ninjago or whatever that is. I haven't, I don't know much about that one, but that's coming out. I Ninjago. thought it was. See, I, I don't it, even know how to say it. I called it Ninjago and my son laughed at me. Ninjago. It's Ninjago, yes. But it's a, yeah, Ninja Go. And that makes sense. And they're ninjas. So if you're going to spell it yeah. Ninja Go, people are going to assume it's Ninja Go. So how do you say it? Ninjago? Ninjago. Ninjago. Yes. My, my 14 year old looked at me with disgust. You're like, sorry. (laughs) Hey, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football spring practice, by the way, begins next Monday, February 27th. Spring ball, let's go! The spring scrimmage will be on Saturday, March 25th, and will be open to the public. We joke that the number one sport at BYU is football, number two is spring football, and number three is men's basketball. You know what number four is? What? The countdown. Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 185. Yep. I am unimpressed. Here's, here's why I don't tolerate it. I'm surprised you didn't say, oh, the countdown is fourth. The countdown is last. <laughs> Listen, I came up with the countdown idea. But the reason that you're all pumped and you come in and do it is because you're a relief pitcher. You don't have to throw 120 pitches every day. We, we're tired of it from three years, so it's fresh <laughs> for you. It's 185. We're in the ones. <sighs> I'm happy that you're juiced about it because I know there's a part of the audience that loves it. It's the part that does hate it. But we are what we are here. We are what we are. I appreciate you bringing the energy, okay? I don't like the means, but I really like the energy. (laughs) BYU basketball head coach Dave Rolls told the media yesterday the freshman four Yoli child is day-to-day in preparation for tomorrow's game at Portland. He's trying to recover. He's pretty swollen, pretty sore. Didn't practice yesterday and didn't practice today, so... 
tomorrow's a big day. See how he feels tomorrow. See what kind of uh, how the swelling has responded. But uh, it, you know, got pretty big. That's that's a concern. Your only child's uh, obviously you have the starting lineup, and then you have a bunch of guys coming off the bench right now that you're hoping to get. Some contribution, it's not happening offensively. Right. So Yoli Childs needs to play Thursday. Well, and, and the way he's been playing as of late has been you know, fantastic. And so you, you certainly, heading down the stretch and into Vegas, you, you, you don't want to be losing guys. You want to be bringing guys back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're right. He's playing as well as he's played all year, of course, that 23-17 uh, and 17 performance at USF. The Marriott Center Annex, a.k.a. the YMCA, it's now open. The annex is 38,000 square feet. was dedicated February 7th. Last night, there was an open house for media, donors, and season ticket holders. If you missed our tour and walkthrough with Mackenzie Pulsford, Davin Gwynn, Dave Rose, and Jeff Judkins, that aired a few days ago. Uh, by a few days ago, I mean yesterday. Uh, and it's on YouTube if you missed yes. that. Yes. And, and I'm, awesome. I'm, not, I'm not kissing up just because I'm here with you. And you want to do the, keep doing the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> I've got somebody else in my corner that's letting me do that. Yes, you do. <laughs> the powerful people. Multiple people. Yeah. Um, that was fantastic. That was really fun to watch you and Jerem going through. And yeah. that, that was, I am Jerem, by the way. Er, excuse me. Yeah, you, and yeah. Spencer, <laughs> <laughs> you and Spencer going through the, uh, the YMCA. That, yeah. was, that was really fun Good. To, to watch yesterday. I enjoyed that. It, listen, it's an amazing facility. I'm so happy for BYU basketball because a guy like Jeff Judkins – guy like Terry Nashif. Terry Nashif was in essentially the basement of the Marriott Center. Jeff Judkins' office was in the Smith Fieldhouse. Yeah. Now they're right next door. They have beautiful offices that you can see out to the court with. Terry's office has a window. Jeff's does not. Sorry. Uh, but both those guys will join us coming up, by the way. Jerem, right? Jerem? Jerem. Yeah, it's Jerem. Okay, thanks. Uh, Chad Reuter of NFL.com, listen to this, says Jamal Williams is one of five running backs who have the most to prove at the NFL Draft Combine, which, by the way, starts at the end of this month. Mm. Reuter says if Jamal, Jamal. can post a good 40 yep. time, he could be a late second-round pick. Interesting. Yeah, as long as he's day two, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Second and third rounds. I'm expecting Jamal to be a third round pick. At this that, point. That's what I'm expecting. But I mean, you know, you, you, you it could be as high as yeah. yeah you you're two. starting to to read more and more that depending on how things break, you know, he could be a a day two guy. That would be that would be great for him, man. BYU doesn't have skill position players drafted on day two very often, uh, so that would be awesome. So we'll keep an eye on them. With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Jimmer! Mania, part 17. Sunday, Jimmer put up 73 points for the Shanghai Sharks in a double overtime loss. So 73 points became a national conversation in Sports Illustrated, pardon the interruption, The Herd, Yahoo, and ESPN's Outside the Lines is hanging out with Jimmer Fredette. That will air coming up in March. Jimmer Mania lives! Stefan Marbury, Josh Smith, other NBA players, they are in the CBA, the Chinese Basketball Association, but there's no stories on them mentioned on the aforementioned media outlets. They're not getting that kind of pub. Jimmer's averaging 37 a game. We've chronicled it all season. He's shooting 53% from the field, 41 from three, 93 from the line. But here's the question. Do you want to see Jimmer get a shot in the association? Which brings us to the Twitter question today. Why do you want to see Jimmer Fredette get another shot in the NBA 
or do you? Mm. Mm. The last do little you. part. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, our first tweet comes in from at uh, Hinson 23 Because if Delhi can make $9 million a year to average <laughs> seven points per game, then Jimmer can too. Hashtag St. Mary's face. Ugh. Doesn't it kill you that Matthew Dellavedova is a better NBA player than Jimmer Fredette? It was in the NBA that Finals. kills me. He was in the NBA Finals and now is making <laughs> really respectable money for the Milwaukee he has Bucks. A, he has a ring in his own shoes. Yes. Matthew Dellavedova. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if he's uh, got his own brand of uh, mouthpieces. <laughs> yeah. Then Oversized Brad, mouthpieces. Then Brad Waldo will throw them. Vampire <laughs> looking. Okay, what, what do you think? Do you want to see Jimmer Fredette get another shot in the NBA? I do want to see Jimmer Fredette get another shot in the NBA. If you're a professional basketball player, that's the dream. That's the pinnacle. I mean, I completely understand that Jimmer's five NBA stops did not turn out like he or or anybody had hoped for. But at the end of the day, being in the NBA is the goal. Here's what Jimmer's time in China has proven, at least for me. Number one... He's still a draw and a story. As you were mentioning, all these media outlets are following him. I mean, he literally is a phenomenon yes. again in China. It also has proven to me he can still play at a very high level. And you can keep your – it's China. It's a Chinese league. You can keep those comments to yourself. The guy's still averaging close to 40 and scored 73 <laughs> points, okay? The guy still has proven he can play at a high level. He didn't forget how to play basketball. You said keep him to yourself, so I'm not going to say my time. <laughs> that was for you mainly, yeah. by the way. Jeremy again, right? Jeremy? Yeah, Jerome. Okay. Uh, so regardless of how dominant he's been in China, there will always be a large portion of the basketball community who will judge Jimmer's legacy based on his shortcomings in the NBA. So yeah, I want yeah. Jimmer to be able to get another opportunity to change that narrative. Mm. He's proven he can excel outside the NBA, what he's doing in China. He's proven D-League, that, that will be, yes, that yeah, he yeah. can play there and make money and be successful. Lens Falls, Ninth Ward. <laughs> he can always fall back on that. I want to see Jimmer back in the association. It's the dream. Now, here's my concern with that idea. And I, of course, you want Jimmer to get another. I do not. I do not. Here's why. Why are I you ju- holding him back? I, I'm not. His defense holding him back. I don't. I just don't think that the narrative is going to be changed. What? What? He already had a ample opportunity. He had five seasons. Five seasons to prove himself. I think he's better off with this life. Playing in China, it's a shorter season. You're still making good dough. You're still a phenomenon. He's having fun. I wish that Jimmer had had a better NBA experience, but I just don't see it happening. So I'm I'm cool with him not getting another shot at the NBA. Really. I'm not. I'm okay because I think he's. I think he's doing the best he can in the situation he's in right now. No, there's no question yeah. about it. I, I just don't think. Like, is it? Look, nobody's not. Who's nobody's going to give him a shot, right? I. I think he can be in China and he can light it up and it's awesome. And outside the lines is there and it's great. Look, it's great. there are enough. <laughs> there are enough teams that need something positive to happen for them that you could bring Jimmer Fredette in. Even if the guy, and I, I, I totally understand yeah. the, do you want to play and be the guy in China or be the 15th man on an NBA roster sitting on the bench? Well, riddle me this. Who's, but, but like, who's going to pick him up and hand the ball to him? See, that's, A contender? They that got is to that point because they're good. Jimmer they, is Jimmer when he has the ball. And that, when he yes, can dictate yes. the offense. The NBA... He, he, he wasn't given that opportunity. That opportunity does not exist right now for him to do. So and I, I don't underst- see it existing I understand either. that. Yeah. But here's my whole point. 
if he can always go back to China or True. to Europe, or, yes. he's proven he can be a success and a phenomenon there. So if your dream is still to go to the NBA, go try it again. If somebody's willing to give you a chance, if that's what you want, go try it. You can always go back to the other. But if yeah. that's your dream, go chase after that dream, Jimmer. Yeah. <laughs> it should be like some funny music right now while you said that or something. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like if a team wanted him, they would have picked him up this year already. Like but he you didn't can't su- win the middle of the season. He didn't suddenly average 40 a game. Oh, he could, yeah. Con- contracts? Con- you can get out of contracts. Come on. He, he can go to the, he could have gone to the NBA. I'm, I think Jimmy. I know, doing- I actually don't think he could have gotten out of this. Con- I don't think he can get out of this contract. Okay. So, so he can't get in the NBA this season. Uh, so the Cavs, for their I, title run, couldn't. they want him, but they, they couldn't get him. I, th- I think Jim Fredette is doing a tremendous job of continuing to play pro basketball, get paid, make a splash. And if you, if you tear up the D-League and no one wants you, still, it's, it's not happening. I'm sorry. And Jimmer is what he is. He's an amazing scorer. He'll, he's he's uh, a demigod at BYU forever. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's awesome. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on the conversation. Jimmer, 37.3 points per game. We've been joking. Is he going to average 40? Which is just bonkers. <laughs> Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jimmer Fredette's 37.3 points per game is second in the Chinese Basketball Association. Someone averages more? Yeah. Uh, the household name, Eric McCollum. Who? Exactly. Leads the league at 37.5 points per game. What was Jimmer before the 73? Because the 73 <laughs> ranked him up to 37.3, right? Yeah, pretty pretty funny. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What's Trending, by the way, brought to you by Ahern Rentals, offering commercial and residential high-lift equipment at more than 80 locations nationwide. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Coming up. But first, John Templin from nycbuckets.com on bracketology. But first, Terry Nashif. Look at that jersey. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Men's hoops on the road at Portland tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern time at the Child Center. Little known fact, named after Jackie Childs, the lawyer from Seinfeld. <laughs> no. It is not. What? It is no. not at all. No. That's uh, listen to it on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. If you haven't seen every, every episode of Seinfeld, <laughs> like I've watched Seinfeld. I know, yeah, the soup Nazi, you know, all that. But if you haven't seen every episode... <laughs> It's so awkward socially when it's like, hey, it's like that one episode of Seinfeld, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about on that particular reference. I, believe, I don't know that one. I believe it should be. There should be a class that children have to take in school at some That's point. About they, Seinfeld? Watch, they watch every episode of Seinfeld. It's that important. And then they tell them not to watch Lost at that point. <laughs> Today's Twitter question. Why do you want to see Jim or Fredette get another shot in the NBA? Or do you? At our Greenha. I don't care. I think it is fun seeing him get the green light and destroy defenses, but I want it because he wants it. That's very nice. That's that's, that's supportive, right? Yeah, there. that is supportive. And and a guy who supports my Seahawks with me <laughs> yeah. is Terry Nash, a BYU men's basketball assistant coach. He is donning the number twelve for, of course, the twelves today on the show. Of course, heading to the awesome. Northwest. I thought it was it's what I should wear today. So are you gonna wear yeah. it on the plane? Um, we'll see. Yeah. Do you, do, are you guys like the NBA? Like when you travel, you have to wear a certain attire and kind of rep. 
Um, no, we no. Uh, not very many people see us travel, and so we're kind of in and out, and so just depends on the all the guys wear the same sweats, and then the coaches wear usually what they're coaching in. So depends. I, I wear my jersey on the road if we've got a game. Obviously, if the Hawks have a game, I put yeah. my jersey and you know support. But, we're, at, we're out of season, yeah. but we're always in season. <laughs> Mostly, you know this what is I mean? just for you. Head to the Northwest. Yes. Talk Seahawks. Yeah, you know. exactly. I know. I know how to control what the conversation. Goes. <laughs> I get all the questions, the email. Yeah, this is what. Yeah, we're yeah. wait no, a minute. No, no, no. Wait a minute. We're going to talk Seahawks yeah. today. Well, speaking of the Northwest and wearing a, a, a Nike jersey here, I have to imagine your wife probably cringes when she knows you're heading up to Portland with the uh, Nike employee store right there. I don't know if cringe is the right word. I, I love shopping. My wife loves shopping. Um, and we love going to that store. It's it's a, a great place. I won't be going this time. I have some strict rules. Uh, five hour minimum. It's a process. If I'm rushed, <laughs> it doesn't work. No, and this is so, real. Like you need a minimum of five hours in there. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah no if, question. If you no went question. in there, you would need yes. And drive separate. Like I can't drive with anyone. It doesn't work. Terry, really? I I had an almost argument with my wife about this exact same thing. Of I'm gonna be there as long as I need to be there. <laughs> and then I'll meet up with you. It's, it's not. A, it's not like you can go back. This isn't a thing where you're like, well, "Hey, I'll just you, go back." Tomorrow. It's appointment no, 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 no. only with yeah, someone that yeah, works there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a big deal and it's a process. And if you're rushed, it's it's not as enjoyable. So yeah. I'll pass this trip. There's not. There's no way we have that time. But um, I get up there enough and yeah, get to enjoy the process with my wife is the best. She's a great shopper. I'm a great shopper. We enjoy it. Yeah. Kids. Whitney, I need you to be there with me, okay? <laughs> but drive separate, exactly. <laughs> You're from Vancouver. We've talked about this. I lived in Vancouver in the Portland area uh, when I was younger. Well, is the Portland game special in that regard because you have maybe family or friends that show up to this game since you lived across the Columbia River there? Yeah, it's great. It's great to see my family. Um, I actually played um, around there a lot, obviously. Been going to the Child Center for years, and so it's, uh, it's a great game. Great to see family. And uh, it's usually a, a good game, great crowd, and I uh, enjoy playing there. What's uh, practice been like this week after the St. Mary's game? Um, like most of the year, pretty fluid. You know, we got a guy that's not starter that's really come on and he's not in practice, and so we're trying to figure out um, how to practice without him. And if he can't go Thursday, how are we going to play without him? And it seems like we've been doing that a lot, adjusting positions, uh, moving guys around. Uh, the one thing about practice, these guys are, are practicing better and better. And uh, shot selection is a huge thing that we've been working through on, and it's really good in practice. Games, it gets a little bit different, and we're trying to make sure that it's the same in practice it is in the games. And so just continuing to practice, uh, but real fluid as far as finding out how we're going to play um, without Yo if he's not going. And if he is going, um, if he's not as explosive as he has been. And uh, we've been changing quite a few things with positions. LJ goes out, we move Tej over to the point, and... That's a big deal. I don't know if people understand big deal. It's, I think it's kind of like, uh, was it the Packers? They were putting a receiver in the, the backfield. You know, yeah, Montgomery. Same, same, right. same yeah. number, right? Yeah. Or same receiver number in the backfield. It's in the a, backfield. Yeah, so you, yeah. you set stuff up. Teach is really coming on, set things up for him to come off and, and score on that wing. And you saw him starting to really – and then he's at the point now, so we're trying to get ways for him to score at the point while running the team. And so there's been a lot of stuff going on, and this is just another part of that. It's kind of been the theme of the season. So what's it been like for you as the guy who's calling the plays on offense with all the injuries and personnel change? How have you had to adapt the offense? It's really tricky. Um, you talk about um, not only guys going out, guys coming in. Okay? Eli comes back in. Um, TJ starts um, scoring a little bit more. Yoli comes around. 
we change a few things when LJ leaves. So it teaches at the point. We put the, the post guy, for instance, we have him on our ball screen. Instead, he's on the weak side block. We put him on the strong side block. What that does is it opens up. A lot of these teams are similar to the NBA where they don't help on the strong side. So as our guards are coming off, they've got that open block to go into. What that does is it makes uh, allows our four men to pop. So you saw Yoli start shooting some more perimeter shots and things like that, and he's really thrived in that role. Now Yoli's not in that situation if he's – you know, not playing Thursday, so we have to adjust that. But there's been a lot of different changes, and it's been a little bit tricky. Tell us about this this Portland team. The, the first matchup here in, at the Marriott Center was an interesting one. Um, you guys found yourselves down. You make the run. You win the game. Pretty exciting finish. Uh, but what sticks out to you about the Pilots? I think there's a, a lot of things. Watching their film, uh, going into the game, they had a you know, distinct way they, they guarded and defended. We'll just take the out-of-bounds underplays. They stuck with their man. Uh, they, they tried to get through all those screens. And then, uh, again, in our game, they did three or four different things that they hadn't done all year. And so you go to the first OB under, and uh, we call 12. And they I'll actually – out-of-bounds. Oh, yeah, sorry. Out-of-bounds <laughs> under, baseline out-of-bounds, however you want to call it. But uh, we call a play, come off. And we think it's going to be open. But what they're actually doing is switching. They hadn't done it for all year. Hmm. One of their guys messes up. Eric gets it, dunks it. So now we're going to go to our package where they're switching everything and we'll adjust to that. They went under ball screens uh, and really low. We would set a low screen and they would still go under. Hadn't seen that much. They would down some ball screens, meaning they wouldn't let us use it. We would have to refuse it. And so all those in-game adjustments, um, it surprised us because they hadn't done it all year. So that was good um, of them, You know their game plan. We'll be ready for it uh, in this game. And I, I thought LJ played really well in that game, uh, really on attack, really aggressive. And then obviously he comes back the next week and MRI and he has a uh, knee surgery. So Yeah, and that's been a real bummer. Uh, Terry Nashiff, BYU basketball assistant coach, is on BYU Sports Nation. I've always, I'm always interested in talking offense with you because uh, there's, just, it, there's just a lot there. Who were some of your major influences offensively that you pull from, maybe outside of BYU, plus what you learned at BYU? I love to read. Um, I love the way Coach Williams plays. He's always on attack. Coach Rose has to be the greatest influence, um, saying that we want to play on attack, play downhill, um, score early in shot clocks with good shots, share the ball, do these things. Coach Rice, obviously watching him uh, with Jimmer and some of these players. And then uh, one of the biggest things is when I was running the defense for years is watching what other teams would do and say, okay, that's really hard to guard. Mm. Let's influence that. And then uh, one of the, the things that we really try to do is have everything build upon each other. So we want it to look the same. We want to say, okay, we're going to score here. And if it's stopped, this, this play stopped, then we're going to have a counter to it. And so if you're going to stop this play, then we're going to lay it up on you on this play. So mm. um, That's been a little bit tricky this year as far as we talked about. Guys in the same spot, usually it's kind of building and building and building. And now it kind of has to be adjusted and, and as we go. You mentioned Jimmer right there, and our, our Twitter question today is, why do you want to see Jimmer Fredette get another shot on the NBA, or do you? What's your feeling on that? I love the answer that they gave about uh, Jimmer's dreams. I want Jimmer to have everything that he wants. He's such a great guy. Obviously, tremendous talent, unbelievable player, but he's a great guy. Selfishly, I want him to play where he's going to be able to shoot a lot, because I love watching the videos and the clips and the highlights. And, it just, and that's not in the it NBA just makes right me now. Smile. It just yeah. makes me smile, yeah. and he's such a gifted scorer, and... Um, it's, it's amazing what he does. You give him the ball, and he, he shoots a high percentage, and he's entertaining. And he does it in a way where you see it over there. All those teammates are cheering for him and giving him the ball. You know, that's hard to do, to shoot that many times, score that many points, and have all of your teammates really like you. And he's, he's, it's a gift he has. He's amazing. Like, it doesn't work for Carmelo Anthony. It works for Jim Fredette. It's just how it is. What would it take for you to wear the headband as an assistant coach? 
the headband. Well, my son's got that locked up right now. So locked up. Yeah, he's he's been using that. Um, I'm not really a headband <laughs> to the game guy. It doesn't go with my suits much. So there, there's a lot that would have to happen. For would me. it have to be like the Cougar tip off or something? No, or I think it would probably lock. be Coach Rose say that I have to wear the headband, which I okay. don't think would happen. All right, so, we can work yeah. on that. Absolutely, we're, we're in his office now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Hey, did he share exactly. any of those cinnamon rolls with the assistant coaches? Oh yeah, they were uh, they were great. Yeah, Spencer yeah. and I made those. Crazy, right? We didn't even. I, I, th- looking I thought at me the like best part didn't. was the way that you kept them fresh in that plastic bag. Pretty plastic. crazy, right? And yeah. they weren't purchased on Friday. Not everybody anything. has those what? bags in their house or wherever. Uh, you probably made them in the studio right here. You got an oven and all that we, stuff. We, they made the bags too, actually. Uh, well, we have a full that's menu. A stretch. We're going on that's a stretch. That's a stretch. We're going on track tank soon. It's going to be great. Okay. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, how does this team respond to a loss in practice? Because that's something the general public doesn't get to see. But what's the what's uh, how have these guys handled kind of Okay, we have a new task at hand this week. Well, I think one of the things is that they have to learn how to do a lot of things, right? They're, they're young, and they haven't seen a bunch of guys that say, hey, this is what happens after you lose, you do this. And so they come back, and they're determined, okay? Um, everybody was obviously a little bit down, embarrassed, whatever the word is for the way that the performance happened on Saturday. St. Mary's is tremendous, and they did some things that made us look not very good. And uh, our guys came back Monday, and they were ready to go. We watched the film. Uh, moved on to Portland, watched a lot of Portland stuff. Um, like you talked about, they had us down 10 in our the game here, and we know the task at hand, and so we need to play better than we did. Uh, we talked about some things that will help us do that. And then obviously everybody has to step up um, to fill the void of whatever that is with Yo. Hopefully he plays, hopefully he's 100%. That's what we're hoping for, uh, but we need to prepare for uh, if that doesn't happen. Now that the, the Marriott Center Annex or the YMCA is now officially official, what's it like to have that done and completed? It's unbelievable. We had a um, – last night we let the public in, and I got to talk to some people coming to our offices and things, and they showed a video of um, the past players in the basketball program, and uh, it, was, it was awesome. Played with a lot of guys, coached a lot of guys, and just to think what Coach Rose has done for this program. Um, I was here for what was Coach Cleveland's last year? It was nine and twenty-one. Yeah. yeah, and so I was here for that, and then was able to come on Coach Rose's staff that next year, which is a miracle in itself. Um, but what he has done in getting the program to where it's at, getting that facility done and built, and then I don't know if it's talked about, but what he's done with endowing the scholarships and these, the the legacy that he is building and built here, it's it's unbelievable. Absolutely. So we'll we'll always remember Dave Rose for a lot of wins, for Jimmer Fredette and that run, and then physically, you can look at the annex and think about Dave Rose forever. forever. Uh, absolutely, he, right. he's he's so great to work. I don't know if you guys know, you obviously don't know him like I do, but listen to him, hearing what he says to these guys and how he feels about BYU and all these things. It's uh, it's amazing. I wish everybody could be in the locker room and hear him motivate his teams and talk to them and and help them along. And uh, he's such a competitor and uh, he's a fire guy. I, I, been so grateful to work for him and learn from him and obviously my most influential in me with offensive uh, decisions and things awesome well terry we appreciate the time man have fun in portland and uh yeah you'll get to the employee store next time again absolutely yeah. five yeah, hours great wow that's impressive minimum yeah minimum minimum I'm, he said i'm, I'm not done with the store and most people are checked out and it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't add it doesn't work so yeah. it's drive separate you take your time it's an experience yes you know it what is I mean? and Thanks. it's not the building it's the product that's right yes. and trust the process Thanks, Terry. Twitter question, why do you want to see Jim Fredegg get another shot in the NBA, or do you? Coming up, Jeff Judkins, but first, NIT bracketologist John Templin. Why is BYU matched up with Utah? I love it! 
BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed Terry Nash uh, just on the show last segment telling us how this team's responded to the St. Mary's loss in practice. You can watch that interview and more on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps or simply download the podcast. Always love when Terry Nash is in studio. Plus, he wore uh, a 12s jersey for the Seattle Seahawks. you got to love that. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football spring practice begins next Monday, February 27th. Jamal, the spring scrimmage will be on Saturday, March 25th and will be open to the public. BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose told the media yesterday that freshman Ford Yearly Childs is day-to-day in preparation for tomorrow's game at Portland. He's trying to recover. It's pretty swollen, pretty sore. Didn't practice yesterday and didn't practice today. So tomorrow's a big day. See how he feels tomorrow. Indeed. Kind of uh, how the swelling has responded. But uh, it, you know, it got pretty big. Hopefully he can go. Sprained ankle at Portland uh, tomorrow night, 10 Eastern time. The Merritt Center Annex, a.k.a. the YMCA, is now open. The annex is 38,000 square feet and was dedicated February 7th. Last night, there was an open house for media donors and season ticket holders. Chad Reuter of NFL.com says Jamal Williams is one of five running backs who have the most to prove at the NFL Draft Combine coming up at the end of this month. Reuter says if Jamal can post a good 40 time, he could be a late second-round pick. That would be fantastic. Another projection for BYU in addition to Jamal is that BYU is a sixth seed in the NIT. Uh, John Templin is his name of NYC Buckets. They do NIT bracketology. And this season we've appreciated it even more than in the past. He's now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. John, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me, guys. When did NYC Buckets uh, decide to corner the market on NIT bracketology? Because we've been paying attention uh, all season on this. Yeah, well, I started covering the NIT back when I actually wrote about Chicago schools, uh, like eight, about eight years ago now. And I've been doing it ever since. And when I moved to New York, I continued doing it. Um, originally, it was my fascination with Northwestern and their ability to make the NIT. But as you mentioned, for BYU, it's become kind of a yearly kind of thing. John, do you realize what you have done by right now at nycbuckets.com having BYU playing Utah right now? I mean, do you realize what you've done to the fan base with just the mere mention that that's a possibility? I I kind of knew when I was putting the bracket together that that was a possibility, and obviously the bracket says that you should use geographic considerations when putting teams in matchups, especially for the first round, so... I mean, that just kind of fell out of the seating that I had put together for this week. Oh, no. This is destiny that uh, created this matchup, <laughs> this John. This is karma is what Do not says. be confused. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what the data tells you. No, I'm just playing. What, uh, how likely is it that BYU does, in fact, play Utah in the NIT? Uh, I don't think it's that likely, oh, to be dang. honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons is Utah's kind of dropping further down the bracket as they play worse as well. Um, and, and BYU is kind of struggling to stay in the NIT bracket right now. I feel like, obviously, the performance at Mount St. Mary's kind of hurt and um, or against St. Mary's you know, recently. And, and now, unless they beat Gonzaga at the end of the year, they're going to be right on that kind of bubble edge, and it'll be up to the BYU to kind of hold on on as the NIT starts giving out these automatic bids, which we just don't know how many they're going to be when we're at this point of the year. Right, and that is something that uh, should be explained. Yeah, if you win your regular season conference championship, you're in. 
to the NIT. And I brought this up the other day, and people kind of laughed at me, that BYU potentially could miss the NIT. So you think there's a shot BYU doesn't even make it? Yeah, I mean, they're right on the line right now in terms of where your RPI and your wins need to be in order to make the NIT. Um, I did a look two weeks ago about uh, looking at the last five years of data, and 90 is about the RPI if you're a mid-major that you can have and still make it. And and BYU is sitting right around that line and projected to be right around that line. So that's the threshold, 90. You've got to be on the inside... High side of nine. Okay, gotcha. so with with BYU, they've got they've got Portland tomorrow, then they're at Gonzaga, then they've obviously got the WCC tournament. What would have to happen for BYU to not make the NIT? I mean, what, what's the scenario that would have to play out that you think would keep them out of the NIT? I mean, it's a hard scenario right now to envision, but they'd probably, I mean, if they lost to Portland, that would obviously be really damaging for their NIT hopes. Uh, I also think that. Losing early in the WCC tournament would not be a good idea. Uh, if they make the semis, they'll probably be okay. But and the other thing is just those other smaller conference tournaments that they have no control over whatsoever. Uh, and depending on how many automatic bids those pop out, I mean, last year there were 15 automatic bids in the NIT, which is an unusually large number. But it could happen again. What's the typical amount of uh, at it's large? Usually about 12. Usually about 12 uh, automatic bids for 32 yeah. teams, right? For the turn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John Template of NYCBuckets.com is on BYU Sports Nation. He's an NIT bracketologist. Is there a situation where BYU gets higher than a six seed at this point? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've tended to underrate BYU in general. I will note um, there's you know there's also the ability to host games, and if you're right on that four or five line, if you're interested in hosting games, that usually helps you kind of move up. Um, if BYU used to beat Gonzaga, obviously they'd move up really fast. Uh, that would be kind of the big win that the profile is missing right now. Obviously, there's the season opening win over Princeton, but other than that, there's not a ton out there. Um, so it would also be good if you know teams like Illinois and Colorado keep winning. That also helps. There, so there are some ways for like other teams to help BYU out. In the nuclear scenario where BYU and Utah face each other, in that scenario as they're sitting right now where you have them, who would get that home game? Yeah, that would be Utah's home game um, because they're the higher seed. Uh, And unless there's some reason they can't host, which happened a few years ago with, uh, you know, there was renovations going on at Illinois' gym and they ended up playing on the road. Um, But otherwise, yeah, it's up to the higher seed to host that first-round game. So that would be at Utah. Okay, great information. We appreciate the time, John. Good stuff. We'll keep an eye on nycbuckets.com for the latest. Yeah, thanks, guys. Okay, John Templin on the... Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. In- interesting stuff. I didn't really know about the NIT. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. I mean, he did say that he, he does somewhat undervalue BYU. He admitted that. but uh, uh, That's quite the admittance on, yeah. uh, of BYU show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of didn't give you the credit that maybe Hey, deserved. Hey, that's all right. Hey, coming up. What NFL.com says about Jamal Williams, but first, once upon a time, Larry Bird's roommate, Jeff Judkins. <sighs> I'm the final two home games in this women's basketball team. This week, this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jerem. He's Jason, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern Time. Women's Hoops host Portland tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You can 
Watch the game on BYU TV as well as the BYU TV app. This guy right here is going to be on the call. You'll be filling in uh, for Spencer tomorrow night. Yeah, baby. Alongside Kristen Kozlowski and myself. It's going to be a good time. Kristen and I did the games from 08 to 11. So the old gang is back together. I'm very excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. 2K and 2J, you know? Why do you want to see Jimmer Fredette get another shot in the NBA? Or do you? That's our Twitter question Of course today. you do. At J underscore Royal 09. I would say continue to make millions in China and continue to be a legend there. Any, uh, any NBA team won't play him. Just stay. And we discussed that. Earlier, continue to weigh in. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Uh, a guy that helped us out a couple of days ago and had one, one of the best pieces of swag I've seen in my life in his office. His name's Jeff Judkins. He's the head coach of BYU women's basketball, and he's back in studio. It's great to have you back, Jeff. It's nice to be here. I yeah. enjoy this. We had a lot of fun Monday in the Marriott Center Annex. Thanks for having us over there. Have you consumed those cinnamon rolls? Uh, there's one left. There's one left? <laughs> and I'm going to eat it after the show. <laughs> <laughs> How were they? They were excellent. I was Good. watching film, pounding them down. It reminded me of Coach Wajeras. <laughs> <laughs> he would pound the cinnamon oh, roll during film? Oh, man, that guy could eat and watch him film. There's no question. I would have never guessed it. I mean, yeah, you never guess it. Yeah, when he got nervous, he liked to eat. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I'm a little the opposite. I don't eat, but those were very, very tempting. Good. Here's the biggest question. Is the signed uh, Jerem and Spencer photograph still on your desk? It's still on the desk. Hey, hey! <laughs> and people asked yeah. me last night when they walked through it, who are these guys? I said, they're good <laughs> friends. Who asked that? Who, yeah. who, are, these? Yeah, who, said, who are these friends? I said, hey, they're good friends. <laughs> who are these guys? You know? Come on. I, they knew who you were. They were giving me a They were asking time. who Spencer was. Yeah. like, oh, are these your sons? Yeah. <laughs> sort of, right? That's sort right. Sort of. Yeah, the, the annex last night, uh, as we mentioned, uh, open house to donors and season ticket holders and kind of kind of this form. It's been dedicated, you know, a couple weeks ago, I guess 15 days ago. Mm-hmm. Open house. Now it's it's official. This this thing is up and running. And and what's it like for you and your team? And well, it's, being there? I mean, we are so lucky to have a facility like that. And the people that came through it saw what we've been so blessed with. And it wouldn't, wouldn't happen without donors that are willing to give money and their time and sacrifice. And then uh, our administration did a great job of putting this together. This has gone on. People don't realize. When I first came to BYU 18 years ago, uh, Coach Cleveland and me talked about, and when I got the women's job, about having a practice facility. And it's taken this long to be able to get mm. this come true. So This is 99? Yeah, it's a long having time. having this Yeah, a long, long time. So. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's exciting. Big week for you. It's the final regular season games for for the team before heading to Vegas. You're two games behind Gonzaga in the standings for first. What's the emphasis, especially in when when you have to rely on another team losing and your team winning to win the regular season title? What's the emphasis this week for you guys? Well, you know, we want to end. On a great note, going the going the tournament. As everybody knows, the tournament is the team that's the hottest at the time. Uh, we know we're two games behind. We probably our chances of tying for first place was over Saturday night losing that game. But if we can take care of these two games, then we can come in second place and be in a good position to win the tournament and also win our next our last two home games for our seniors and just kind of go to the tournament with a real positive. Uh, outlook of what we're trying to do and know that if we, if we play our game, 
we could beat anybody at really any, any given time. You want to get a regular season title because you get a trophy, and that means something. But the difference between one and two in terms of how matchups and games isn't that big. But the difference between two and three is actually big. Will you explain the nuances of the schedule in Vegas between yeah, being the two and the three? Really, the, the three seed is probably the, the, probably the best because you play Thursday night at 6 o'clock. You know who you're going to play. You're going to play six, not waiting which, for a playing which, game, which, which I'm not sure who yeah. that's going to be, but it's either going to be Santa Clara, San Diego, or LMU, which they're all good teams. And, you know, we lost to two of them, and their t- team we, we beat both times. And so you get to play that game, and then you get, a, you get Friday off, realizing that you're probably going to play the second seed team most likely, and you're going to watch them play Friday. They don't have Friday to prepare for you, and then Saturday comes, you have it off. And, of course, Sunday we don't practice or do anything, so that kind of gives you an extra day where when you play Friday, you really only have Saturday to really prepare because of of our situation with Sunday, and so it's a big advantage. And um, a lot of coaches have been real happy about that, especially Lisa, the Gonzaga coach, feels why why is the number one and two seed being penalized in this and – you know, uh, it really is not really fair. I don't think the men would agree to this, what we're doing, but it's the only way we can do it because the men do not want the playing games, the men games, played on Thursday because that gives them a day to prepare. And so they want them to play Friday night and play Saturday, and that's how the whole thing's worked. The old setup in the bracket was that the one and two would go straight to the semis. And that was uh, quite the advantage, right? Uh, Yes. do, Do you prefer that or the setup now? I prefer the, what you said the first. The only disadvantage of that is that we never got to practice on the court. And so that wasn't a fair thing that way because, you go, yeah, you had a bye, but you go play that game and you haven't even shot on that court. Now, a lot of my players have because we've been in, in the New Orleans for a while, but it's kind of – I don't know. I, to me, it's, it's really no fair way sometimes, but that probably seems to be more fair to me that – Hey, you get the semis. You've earned it during the season. Season's a long time. People don't realize it's up and down. And it's like we played Pacific when they were hot. Now Pacific is kind of not playing very well. It's been a good time to play them now. And that's kind of how the conference season goes. And But, you know, I know right now we just got to take care of business, come out and play our game. I thought we'd been playing really well until the other night. We didn't play as good as we've been playing. We didn't shoot the ball as well. But – I'm not here to blame refs, but come on, 27 foul shots to our five. I mean, we lose by four. They shoot. They make 20 more foul shots than us. Um, I know if we played street ball, they wouldn't have beat us. You know, they wouldn't. We want to call fouls. <laughs> we want to call fouls. Prison it's, rules. You know, you know <laughs> so. But we have to do a better job. And we, if we meet them again, the tournament of not fouling them and making them make shots. All right. Well, before Vegas, before Saturday against Gonzaga, you've got Portland coming in tomorrow night. And when you faced the Pilots uh, up at the Child Center a few weeks ago, you eked out a 39-point win. Uh, so can we go ahead and just assume an even 40 win tomorrow night? No, because they've won two of their last three games. After we smashed them, they came in and they've won yeah. two of the last three games. And, you know, we got to come out ready to play because they're scary. They, can, they, they got nothing to lose. And everything to gain. And so we got to come out and play our game and, and don't look at the score from poor me. Think about it. We got, we got humbled 
Thursday night before that game with, with Gonzaga. Yeah, you so lost by, by 35 and then won the next yeah, game by 39. No, it's crazy. <laughs> How does that work? That's, that's crazy, right? That, that's women's basketball. That's, yeah. But we have to come ready to go, and, hope, and I'll make sure my team today knows that. Yeah. Give them that, just split up that one remaining cinnamon roll and be like, listen, this yeah, is a this symbol is of the right. glory that awaits us in the future. <laughs> just a taste, literally. Uh, you can just hold up the picture of these guys and say, win it for these guys. Yeah, or these never, guys don't think you can do it. And then the, team, the yeah. team will go, who? Yeah, Who's, who are those guys? Are those yeah, guys? yeah, exactly. Uh, senior, senior day uh, on Saturday, that's a big game because it's Gonzaga, but also four seniors will be honored, Pulsifer, yeah. Purcell, and all-timer. Orton and Nielsen, what, what will it be like on senior day to it's honor really, those four? It, it's really hard for, for a coach. Uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time with those four over the years at BYU, and I'm not going to lie, it's gone fast, but we've gone through a lot of good times together, and we've gone through some bad times together. And so it's hard. It's hard to see them say that's their last game and, and they'll never play here again at you know, BYU, and I'll probably never coach them here. And It's, it's tough, but uh, they've been – Great seniors, great leaders, been very successful in their career, and they set a great foundation for what we're stand for here, here at BYU, and that is to be competitive, but to win championships and continue to get better and get an education and do the things they need to, and they've, they've all done that. Over the last two years, last year you ended up losing two seniors who were starters. This yeah. year, three of the four are starters. Yeah. So, I mean, you're losing, at the end of the season, you're losing a pretty big chunk of the starting lineup. But, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's college basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's all yeah. about regrouping and, yeah. and reloading, right? Yeah, you, you hope that, uh, that you've got players under them that have learned and seen their great example, and then when their time comes, steps up to the plate. And I thought... If you see it, Cassie Broadhead did that. Nobody would have thought Cassie would have been our leading scorer at the start of the year last year. Yeah, pretty wild, man. I mean, it is. And, and what happened was she prepared herself those three years, and then when her opportunity came, she was ready. And I, I'm hoping – I think there's a couple other kids out there for next year that will, will have the same situation, that they've waited, and now their time's going to come. And the same thing happened to, to, to Nilsson. She sat behind Lexi Eaton for three years, and – this year she's had a good solid season for us, and and hopefully somebody else will be able to do that. Well, Jeff, good luck with everything. Keep that picture on your desk. Uh, we'll see you today. I know Jason will be hanging out with you with the yeah. coaches' show and media yeah, availability. Right. Really sick of seeing see you yeah, getting ready for the Portland yeah, game that, tomorrow that night. That picture's on there with my kids and my wife. You're the important people in your life. Important people, man. <laughs> they're they're there. Jason, we'll, sit, we'll have to just cut out Jason. I was going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll slip a, like a, like a wallet-sized photo <laughs> to you later on today. <laughs> Jeff, we'll, uh, we'll see you later today and uh, look forward to tomorrow's hey, game. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for all the coverage. We appreciate it. You got it. Coming up, NFL.com on Jamal Williams, the latest on Yoli Child's ankle. And what do marital status and tennis have to do with the West Coast Conference <laughs> Awards? It's all in the Cougar Whip around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. So excited for this. BYU begins spring practice next Monday, February 27th. The spring scrimmage will be on Saturday, March 25th and will be open to the public. 
Men's basketball. It's better than the countdown. Head coach Dave Rose told the media freshman Yo- forward Yoli Childs is day-to-day in preparation for tomorrow's game at Portland, and Terry Nashif mentioned Yoli did not practice the last two days. The Marriott Center Annex, a.k.a. the YMCA, is now officially open. The Annex is 38,000 square feet and was dedicated back on February 7th. There was an open house for media, donors, and season ticket holders last night. Jamal... Chad Reuter of NFL.com says Jamal Williams is one of five running backs who have the most to prove at the NFL Draft Combine. Reuter said if Jamal can post a good 40 time, he could be a late second-round pick. Tennis. Jacob Sullivan is the WCC Singles Player of the Week. What does marital status have to do with being a player of the week? That's weird. I don't think you're understanding it properly. Oh. Uh, this is his first singles <laughs> recognition. What? Uh, he was also doubles player of the week. The Tinder player of the week. John Pierce once a season. Women's tennis senior Savannah Ware Avina and freshman Samantha Smith, they were named the WCC doubles team of the week. See, that makes sense. After their 6 nothing victory over Boise State on Saturday. Track and field. Women's track and field is now ranked 17th by the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association. Yeah. This is their first top 25 appearance under head coach Ed Eyestone. So softball up to 23. Track and field 17 right now. Very nice. Hey, future guest Steve Cleveland and one Spencer Linton from Portland, the city of roses, PDX. Hashtag PDX carpet. If you're from Portland, you know what's up. What? Yeah. The carpet's terrible at Portland Airport. Oh, I thought yeah. you were like just like every piece of carpet in Portland was horrible. Just in the airport specifically. <laughs> it's so bad they've actually renovated it and kept it looking ugly. So they get new carpet of the same ugly look. That sounds like a very Portland thing to do. It is a very Portland thing to do. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Let's give it to the Marriott Center Annex donors, those who made that happen, because that facility is awesome. It's great to have a new neighbor in the hood, and uh, obviously Terry Nash of Jeff Judkins really appreciative of that. It's, uh, it is gorgeous. It is a gorgeous It is place. hot. It is hot. It is Hansel right now. <laughs> it is so, so Hansel. hot right now. A Twitter question, why do you want to see Jimmer Fredette get another shot in the NBA? Or do you? Our elite tweet of the day is this, at Kip Kent. Is the rim still 10 feet high? Is the free throw line 15 feet away? Three-point arc 23.7 feet away. Give Jimmer a legit shot and the ball's in the hole. Is that Norman Dale tweeting? Wait a minute. Hey, thanks to our guests today, Terry Nash, Jeff Judkins, and John Templin, plus everybody on the crew. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. BYUSN is the hashtag. Show's on demand. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Chris Nikchevich. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Spencer live from Portland.